what are you doing for Lent? If you want to try something different, maybe consider listening to the Catholic Gateway podcast. Every week we put out a weekly news update that brings you interesting stories about the people, places, and things going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, and an insight into the St. Louis Review and the recap of their recent coverage. So it's all to make you a better informed and formed Catholic. So that could be something you consider doing for Lent. Thank you for listening, though, to this episode. We hope you'll continue listening to our episodes and share this with your friends. We can be found on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or pretty much any other podcast app you might have. So like us, listen to us, rate us, share us with your friends, and have a great and wonderful Lent. A new bishop ordained in Jefferson City, the International Day of Prayer for Victims of Human Trafficking, and the beginning of Lent. All topics coming up on this Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. I am your host, Gabe Jones. Let's take a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis for the week of February 12th, 2018. Lent begins this week with Ash Wednesday, February 14th. Ash Wednesday is not a Holy Day of Obligation, but many Catholics do make it a point to attend Mass and receive the ashes on their forehead. However, for Catholics, Ash Wednesday is a day of obligatory fasting and abstinence from meat. This year, Ash Wednesday falls on the traditional celebration of Valentine's Day. Some have wondered if Archbishop Carlson will give a dispensation for the occasion, but Vicar General Monsignor Dennis Staley recently communicated to priests of the Archdiocese that no such dispensation will be given for Ash Wednesday as we begin this time of prayerful reflection and penance. Many parishes will be adding special Lenten events to their calendars, like extra masses, confession times, the public recitation of the Stations of the Cross, and holy hours. Of course, Friday night fish fries are a popular event around the Archdiocese during this season as well. Check with your parish for details about any of those events, or visit stlouisreview.com slash eatmorefish. The ordination and installation of Bishop Sean McKnight as the fourth bishop of the Diocese of Jefferson City took place on Tuesday, February 6, 2018, at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Jefferson City, Missouri. Our own Archbishop Carlson was the principal consecrator and homilist. Bishop-elect McKnight, what a day to be ordained a bishop. It is the feast day of St. Paul Miki and his companions, martyrs for the faith, who gave everything their very lives for our Lord Jesus Christ. In your own life as bishop, you will need to be courageous. Like Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, you will be called to walk with the people you serve, to accompany them, but also to walk before them, showing them the way to God the Father. You may, you will have to suffer for that. Bishop McKnight succeeds the Most Reverend John Gatos, who was installed as Bishop of the Diocese of Jefferson City in 1997. Bishop McKnight is a rather young bishop, as he will turn 50 later this year. Please offer a prayer for Bishop McKnight and the people of his diocese. Last week, the International Day of Prayer for Victims of Human Trafficking was observed on February 8th. 
designated by the Pontifical Council for Justice and Peace and the International Union of Superiors General as a time of remembrance for victims and survivors of forced labor and commercial sex trafficking. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops said February 8th offered an opportunity to educate communities of faith about the prevalence of trafficking and to pray for its victims, an estimated over 25 million women, children, and men trapped in modern-day slavery who are often hidden in plain sight. Bishop Joe Vasquez of Austin, chairman of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Committee on Migration, notes, Through prayer, we grow in solidarity with those that have suffered this affront to human dignity. We demonstrate to survivors that they are not alone. The St. Patrick Center is seeking immediate donations from the community to sustain an increased level of activity due to the dangerously cold temperatures this winter. The St. Patrick Center provides opportunities for self-sufficiency and dignity to people who are homeless or at risk of becoming homeless. When the temperature dips below 25 degrees, St. Patrick Center goes into winter overflow operations mode by providing shelter for even more people on a daily basis. This includes three meals a day, beds for the night, and other support services. St. Patrick's Center needs immediate donations from the community to sustain this increased level of activity. People who have found themselves homeless rely on St. Patrick's Center and the compassion and generosity of others, especially during bitterly cold weather. Please visit stpatrickcenter.org and click on the Donate tab. And remember to please pray for the people St. Patrick's Center serves during this critical time. Coming up on Thursday, February 22nd, 2018, the Infertility Support Mass will be held at St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Church in Brentwood. Mass begins at 7 p.m., followed by a reception. Father Jack Seifert will be the celebrant. This Mass is a time for prayer, hope, and healing for couples and their loved ones faced with infertility and pregnancy loss. There will also be an opportunity to share in fellowship and receive valuable resources on ways the Church and the Archdiocesan Office of Natural Family Planning can help. More info can be found at archstl.org slash naturalfamilyplanning. One. 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 Unos. Two. 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 Duos. Three. 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 Tres. One, two, three, four, five. Four. 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 Quattro. Five. 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 Quinque. Quintessentials. 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 Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. I'll give you five things you need to know. Now time for the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review, handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things or in the paper dated February 12th, 2018. One. 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 Want to make this Lent your best one yet? The St. Louis Review has compiled some of our community's favorite ways to observe Lent. You can find that in this week's paper. Two. 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 The next installment of Archbishop Carlson's four-part series, Our Joyful Encounter with the Lord, on the joy of living the gospel in the Archdiocese of St. Louis is available in this week's paper. Three. 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 Six local junior high school friends developed an environmentally friendly adhesive a couple years ago. Now they're marketing eco-glue to consumers. Don't be surprised if you get stuck reading this story from Joe Kenny. Four. 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 February 2nd was the Convergence of Catholic Schools Week and the World Day of Consecrated Life. 
So about 100 girls from the Holy Cross Academy Middle School at Annunciation Parish spent the morning at the Sisters of St. Joseph of Carondelet Motherhouse in South St. Louis, learning about the sisters and their mission. Read Dave Luking's story on how these Holy Cross students got a glimpse of religious life. Five. 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 The latest edition of Catholic St. Louis Magazine is in the mail. The cover story takes a look at a family focused on a whole life approach to Catholic education and a commitment to faith formation beyond Catholic grade and high schools. Other stories include a feature on ways everyone can be evangelizers, a profile of author Shelley Michael, who wrote a children's book about faith and travel, and much more, all in the most recent edition of the Catholic St. Louis Magazine. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org, and follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update for February 12th, 2018. And now let's get to Michael Horn with the Office of Laity and Family Life as we continue with his series on the precepts of the church and as we get into Lent, the precept to fast and abstain on the days appointed. As we enter the holy season of Lent, the precept that we will focus on is the fourth precept of the church, which is you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church. And so this is given to us uh, to make us aware of the times of ascetical practice and penance that we are supposed to open ourselves for in the holy season of Lent. And so these prepare us for liturgical feasts, and they can help us acquire a mastery over our instincts and the freedom of our heart. And so the three signature practices that Lent is known for are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, but we'll begin with fasting. So what is fasting? Fasting is essentially the practice of denial of something, whether it's commonly food or drink, maybe social media, maybe just practices in our lives that we're not too proud of and habits that we've developed that we'd really like to shake off during this holy season so that we can enter more fully into relationship and union with Christ. And so the church calls for us to fast often. And so as we look at the days of fasting, we are called to fast on every Friday during the season of Lent. We're also called to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And we're also just called to take on fasting throughout the year um, on ember days, um, which is something that um, some days that occur um, after certain particular feasts in the liturgical year, such as after the Feast of St. Lucy on December 13th and um, in preparation for Pentecost and, and other certain days. But we're just called to enter into fasting because it opens ourselves up more to reliance on God in many different ways. And in the next session, we'll get back to this theme of fasting. But uh, as we begin Lent, let us look at our hearts and our interior selves and just see where the Lord might be calling us to fast. Two thousand eighteen has been an exciting year already on uh, a lot of different fronts, and especially with the St. Louis Review, they've had a lot of different projects going on, a lot of different events to cover. And anytime you open up the St. Louis Review, you of course see photos, lots of great, visually stunning photos, and most of those are taken by the intrepid St. Louis Review photographer Lisa Johnston, who is with me here in the Catholic Gateway Podcast Studio. Lisa, thanks for joining me. 
Jeepers gave quite an introduction. <laughs> I hope I didn't uh, leave you speechless after this because uh, we have to fill a few minutes I have of content. To say now. Okay. Well, so I I did want to bring you in. Usually, with this segment, we we talk with a St. Louis Review reporter about a story that was in the paper this week, but. I thought, you know, I think it's been a little while since I've had you on. Might as well bring you in and just kind of recap a few of the things you've covered recently uh, and documented with your photos. And and there's a few up, uh, upcoming projects that are kind of exciting. So sure, we can do that. Before we delve into the upcoming, um, let's go back a little bit. Obviously, it's been cold. It still is cold here in St. Louis. Yes. You ha- went out earlier in the year, uh, beginning of January, and you covered uh, some of what our Catholic agencies are doing to help homeless people. And what I'm interested in, though, is learning a little bit about what that's like for you as a photographer behind the lens to get out there in the cold and do your job. What's that like? Oh, you mean other than, like, my lens is freezing over and, like, getting, like, ice on them when I'm down at the Missouri River? Yeah. I Um, mean, what do you have to put up with? And, well... And this is not to minimize what the homeless people are going through by any means. No, and and I was really, when I was going to answer your question, I was just going to say you know there's nothing special that you do we all just rug up you know um like anyone would do in the winter but it is hard you know being out there with the camera because i have some technical issues trying to keep batteries warm and stuff but um really i i just can't complain at all because gabe i mean i was out in st charles with uh st joe Cominant care services um and they have a street outreach program uh, and they were, go- we, I drove along with them and, you know, we went to some of their regular spots where they know that there's folks that they have been, you know, helping. And there was, you know, there's a couple and they're living in a tent right next to the highway, right underneath like a, uh, trestle bridge, but out in, out in the open, you could see them if you were driving by. Um, and so it's like one of those little pup tents yeah. that you put up, you know, probably like two people fit in it. And when he unzipped the zipper, because I, I, the man wanted to show me where he was living, and uh, it was just piled to the to the dome. The whole dome was filled with blankets. And I'm like, jeepers, how do you get in there? And he goes, we just crawl in and go in the middle of it all to try and keep warm. I mean, wow. it was, you know, that day it was, what, like maybe three degrees outside? Yeah, it was brutally cold that early January. Yeah. So. And um, anyway, so, and, and, and. Further from there, we were one around St. Louis. I was down at Biddle House with the, seeing how the the city is, is working with uh, the partnerships they have with um, uh, St. Patrick's Center uh, and uh, local churches who take in um, just for the night to shelter in emergency situations and emergency winter shelters um, to take in people um, who have no place to sleep, you know, and who would die outside. Um, it's really sad, but uh, the people that are inside are warm and happy, and they have nothing but gratitude. So um, it's it, it it gladdens my heart to see the generosity of people who want to help, and it gladdens my heart to see you know these beautiful people who have nothing and just appreciate the littlest bit, you yeah. know. So even despite your lenses freezing over and having to keep I'm batteries warm, I'm not worried warm, about that. Not, yeah, those are. <laughs> Those are minor inconveniences uh, compared things, to, yeah. yeah. No, no. Well, so moving on, you know, uh, a couple other things you've been working on. There was a neat story a couple weeks ago in one of the review editions 
about a woman named Kim Davis and a program she started called Read and Feed. Oh. What was that like to cover? Well, <laughs> some, some uh, well, maybe more than not, just because I try to enjoy myself when I'm on an assignment. But um, that was one of the most enjoyable things I've, I've seen so far this year. I got to see, meet Kim Davis, who is a parishioner at St. Matthew Church over um, in, in a little bit north St. Louis. And she lives in the neighborhood over there. And she, um, was, pull, she was pulling home one day in, with her car. She was parking her car, and there was three boys outside sitting on her front stoop. And they saw her come in, and they all were going to scatter because they're like, oh, we're not supposed to be sitting on her steps, you know. And she goes, no, boys, wait, wait, wait. And she's, uh, you know, she said, sit down, sit down. So they started talking, and uh, comes out uh, comes out of one of the boys, well, we're just really hungry. There's nothing to do. We're starving. She says, that's a problem I can fix. Come on in the house. And, she, and so she rustles up whatever she had laying around and made them uh, – some food, and then um, they came back again, <laughs> you know, because they were hungry again. And she goes, okay, I'll feed you, but we have to read a book as well. So that got her thinking about starting a program in the neighborhood. Um, and they, um, every other Saturday morning, she has, I don't know, you know, half dozen, dozen, more than that, it depends on who shows up, uh, kids come over. They make pancakes and scrambled eggs, and then they read books. But it expanded to there, and now they're, when I was there, no, this is really true, there was an eight-year-old boy from the neighborhood, and he was sitting there with um, a grad, uh, let's see, a Jesuit scholastic who was volunteering his time, and they were building a computer, like from scratch. Wow. With soldering and the whole thing. The schmoly. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, not just buying parts off no. Amazon, but wow. and it was And the Jesuit, he wasn't the guy that was building it. This little boy was. I mean, he was telling him, hey, let's learn about how mm-hmm. this circuit interacts with that one. Wow. But honestly, it was woo, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so that, you know, it was a great program. And, and Kim Davis is just beautiful, wonderful, generous woman. Um, it must be very inspiring to meet people like that out on sort of yeah. on the road when you're when you're doing these stories. They're just they're just impelled by this great love for Jesus, and they just w- want to do for Him. It's yeah, yeah, all inspiring, really. It is okay. So real quick, uh, we've been taking up several minutes already. I know. But I'm sorry. No, it's okay. This is great. We have a lot to cover. <laughs> a lot of good things you've been doing. I get yakking. Um, so a couple more things then, you know, Gen Life and Catholic Schools Week every year sort of are real close in time. So it's mm-hmm. a busy, busy time for you. You usually go to D.C. as you did this yeah, year. Yeah, we were in D.C., Jennifer and I, and uh, Archbishop was there. He stayed the whole time. He was such a trooper. Um, it it was a fantastic event this year. Um, usually we go in December, in uh, January, and it's, you know, two degrees outside, right. or it's raining, or it's snowing, or whatever. But you know what happened this year? It was like 40 degrees, yeah. and I, I had to take so my coat off. So your lenses didn't freeze no, over, right? No, they did That's not. <laughs> so that was wonderful. But then, and then we have Catholic Schools Week, and you know what was fun about that? Is that um, Immaculate Conception in Old Monroe, um, one of the... One of their alumni is a seminarian called Dane Westhoff. And Dane, you know, obviously wants to keep in touch with his parish. And the school kind of 
you know, likes to be proud that they have, you know, a seminarian among their alumni. What happened was that the school decided to adopt Dane, but also every classroom decided to adopt another seminarian. And so what happened for Catholic Schools Week was that Dane organized all the fellows to go over there, and they had a ruckus day where, um, let's see, there was, you know, some catechism, there were some games, there were some vocation-sharing stories, and uh, that was all good, and, you know, was, we, we documented all that. But the big thing was the dodgeball right. tournament at the end of the day. I can only imagine. Holy shamoly. Um Okay, so Dane... Uh, he, he really showed his strength that day. He was really whipping that ball. <laughs> um, and, you know, all the kids are trying to get him out, of course. Oh, of course. Um, and let me think. I mean, all the seminarians were really, you know, they were really into it. Oh, but it was Jack Ruzica. Okay, so Jack, uh, you know, he, he was like, hey, I, don't, I can't really throw. I'm not really good at all this. But he is like monster crazy person and he put on a cape and so he looked i don't know is it captain america or something it, it was like could, a, yeah could, I'm sure, it was some been. kind of like flag yeah thing. and he's jumping around that place and i mean it I, the kids were just screaming at the top of their heads uh, and laughing and, and having a good time and i think it's just wonderful when um when regular kids get to see that seminarians and priests are just regular, just like they are. Yeah. And it just opens up a whole new understanding of, of you know. It's very important, yeah. really, yeah. And especially for grade school, elementary school kids. Yeah. That's really important for them to see and know that and know that this could be an option for them, too. So yeah. obviously you had plenty of things to cover in the past several weeks, a lot of interesting interactions and, and fun uh, things and, and sobering things. Coming up, though, there are some interesting projects that you – have worked on and are working on. So what can readers of the Seamless Review expect in the next few weeks from you and the other reporters? Okay. Well, there actually is actually a bunch of good stuff. And don't, don't, don't share too much because no? we want them to pick up the review and read it, but give them a teaser so that teaser. they know that they need to pick up the, the copy uh, in the next few weeks. Okay. The big teaser is for next week is it's Vietnamese New Year. You want to know what lucky money is? Pay attention and find out in the St. Louis Review. And also something about dragons and, and dragons tigers and lions and um, colors. Ted Cake and, oh, there's, yeah. So lots more to come Good, on good, that. good, good, good. Yeah. Okay, my favorite new holiday. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, over at the seminary, um, it was discovered that a world-famous bioethicist priest, Father Ted Paholchek, um, is actually teaching class there this semester, and he's flying in each week um, to talk about medical ethics. And we're going to be talking to him about cloning. Wow. Okay. Very, so very interesting. Yeah, and very, very deep uh, topics, and timely because I think uh, what China just recently cloned some monkeys Reese's or something. Monkeys. So yes. yeah, yes, so the twins. Yeah, they're so cute. They really are. <laughs> But that um, could, that's, that's an important medical ethics issue. So yes, this is very and timely. I t- we're going to try and uh, help people understand the good versus the bad. Yeah. So, wow. All right. Um, Anything else coming up that pe- readers of the review did. need to know? Oh, you know what? Um, tomorrow I'm going to go with my new friend. Her name is Comfort. Um, and she's from Liberia. 
and uh, she's a victim of human trafficking and her story will break your heart um, but also show how how much people want to help and and and, and reach out and she's really um, starting to find herself again and become and become new uh, with the help of people here in St. Louis so that's going to be one story you're not going to want to miss. Joe well, Kenny's working on that with me. Sounds, yeah, sounds powerful. Yeah. I know you guys have done some other stories about that issue. Uh, yeah. There's a ministry in South City, mm-hmm. uh, Sister Connie, uh, and uh, the CSJs are obviously involved mm-hmm. in that issue. So This is a little bit different because there is um, a, a lawyer who started a law office, and this is the only thing that she does. She practices working with human trafficking and immigration issues. So it's called Bikita Law. Well, after St. Bikita, Bikita, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, very cool. Well, lots to look forward to. And um, we've we've covered a lot of different subjects and topics on this episode, this this short interview. But uh, yeah. This I'm is Lent, sorry, this Gabe, is the Lenten, like I think. the Lenten penance for our listeners of the Catholic Gateway podcast. Just forward Weekly to the end. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Actually, no, this is, we have to think of it like a feast. This was the feast before people fast during Lent. See, right. that's because we're recording no this before before Start. Ash Wednesday. So <laughs> this is your feasting before the uh, the penances of Lent. So No, this was your penance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh. Well, like, that is Lisa Johnston with the St. Louis Review, and I'm your host, Gabe Jones. This has been the Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update for February 12th, 2018. My thanks to Lisa for joining. Thanks for coming in, Lisa. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter, at archstl is our handle there, at archstl. And we're on Instagram, at catholicstl. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram, under the handle, at St. Louis Review. That's S.T. Lewis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis. (laughs) 